Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the GCSAA podcast presented in partnership with our friends from Enview. I'm Scott Hollister, the editor-in-chief of GCSAA's Golf Course Management Magazine and your host for this episode, and I'm glad you're giving us a listen today. With the calendar turning over from one year to the next and the 2024 GCSAA conference and trade show right around the corner, thought this was a good time to take a look back at the year that was in 2023 and a look ahead to 2024. And there isn't a better person to do that with than our guest today, the Chief Executive Officer of GCSAA, Rhett Evans. We talk about highlights from a memorable 2023 with a particular focus on association matters and the business of golf course management. We preview what's to come in 2024, leading off with the conference and trade show in Phoenix. Then sprinkle in a little mountaineering talk at the end that you're not going to want to miss. Always great catching up with Rhett, and I think this is something we'll try to repeat annually going forward. But for now, let's dig into our review of 2023 and our preview of 2024 with GCSAA CEO Rhett Evans on episode 59 of the GCSAA podcast. Before we do that, though, don't forget you can watch video versions of the podcast on GCSAA's YouTube channel and on GCSAA TV. The traditional audio versions of all our episodes are, of course, available on all the usual podcast services. But if you'd like to look in on my conversation with Rhett, you can do that by checking us out on YouTube or GCSAA TV. And now that we have that out of the way, let's go. This is episode 59 of the GCSAA podcast featuring Association CEO Rhett Evans. Well, we have our first three-time guest on the GCSA podcast with us today, which I guess makes sense uh, considering he is the Chief Executive Officer of GCSAA. That's Rhett Evans. Rhett, how are we doing today? Thanks for joining us. Looking forward to it, Scott. We're going to have some fun today. We absolutely are. We are going to be at kind of a two-parter here with a break in between. We're going to take a look back at the year that was in 2023 from an association and an industry perspective. Um, A lot of awesome stuff happened in 2023 which was which was great considering what we were we were coming off of in the in the previous two years and the pandemic and all that fun stuff and then in the second half we'll take a a look ahead to 2024 um primarily uh so we can examine the upcoming uh gcsaa conference and trade show in phoenix i will i will pimp that enough here as we go along with dates and websites and all that stuff so uh for those of you listening who haven't made your plans yet to join us in the valley of the sun don't worry you can still do that. Head over to GCSAConference.com with all the all the details, and we'll share more about that as we go forward. So uh, to start, uh, Red again, I want to look back at 2023, and I want to just give you an opportunity to kind of take a big picture view, uh, view and get kind of your thoughts on, on the year that was uh, in 2023 is um, – if you had to categorize that year in just a few words, kind of how how would you do it? What stood out most to you about 2023, the kind of stuff that maybe you're going to remember five, 10 years down the road? Yeah, you know, for, first and foremost, where did it go, right? Um, 2023, Absolutely. it was like a blur. And, uh, you know, I'm still getting used to saying 2024. And it's uh, just been fabulous, though, when you look back on it and you see all that's been accomplished and all the events that transpired. It's just been wonderful. You know, when I, it, it, Scott, if I think, though, to your question, you know, just in a few words, how would I summarize that? 
I could probably do it in in one word, and it would be a word I use a lot, and that's onward. Um, I, I really think GCSAA and our membership ha have continued to move onward. Um, you know, we've looked at what we need to do, and and we're doing it, and we're accomplishing some great things. I I uh, am a big fan of Jim Collins and his book, you know, Good to Great, where he talks about this flywheel and you know it's hard to get going sometimes and and then as soon as you start getting all the hands around it and everybody's kind of spinning this thing in the in the same direction it just starts moving and that's kind of how I feel 2023 was it's just um, our members grabbed hold of the will our partners grabbed hold of the will our staff has grabbed hold of the will and and this thing is spinning and and we're just coming out the other end with I, I think so a lot of good base hits that are that are, you know, creating a lot of wins in the industry and really um, yeah, causing the brand to be recognized and seen. And our, our members um, hopefully are getting the recognition uh, that they so deserve for all of their hard work. So onward, I guess, is how I'd summarize um, 2023. And I think you had a, a second part of that question. You know, when I, I look back on, you know, what would be my my top things that I would, I would remember from the year. Uh, certainly um, I do want to forget the 423,000 miles that I've flown. I, I could <laughs> do without that, but uh, you know, the events that where I actually landed and, and spent some time at, you know, were, were tremendous. And um, I would say that, you know, one of those uh, just was recent and that was the Northern Ohio reaching a hundred years, our very first chapter, um, you know, that's a kind of a special um, to be at a hundred years and for them to be the first and to be a part of that uh, Centennial Gala was, was a special event. So I put that up there on, on, on my 2023 top, top three list. Uh, the fact that we reached uh, 20,000 members, um, we haven't been uh, that's strong in terms of membership for, for many years. I mean, you go back to the nineties when golf was booming and I think, you know, that we had 22,000, 23,000 members plus, and for us to be at 20,000 members and to see that growth, uh, that was phenomenal in 2023. And then, uh, uh, lastly, I'd, I'd probably, in fact, I would, I'd put the Women's Leadership Academy, sure. uh, the launch of that in 2023 as, as a highlight uh, of the year. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that particular event and and, and certain uh, events uh, along the way. It was interesting you mentioned the kind of stringing base hits together in 2023, and you know that I'm a big Royals fan, and that sent me back to the the 2015 season, the World Series season, and 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 one of their mottos was just keep the line moving. Every batter that came to the plate. You didn't have to hit a grand slam every time. You couldn't hit a grand slam every time. But if but if each batter, if each if each team member did their part and kept the line moving, that team was going to win and it ulti and ultimately did. And there's a lot of parallels. Um, we didn't get a big trophy at the end of, of 2023, but I, as we will discuss as we move through here, there were a lot of wins um, for the association, for the industry, for the for the membership, and for uh, golf course superintendents as a whole. So. Let's take a quick let, let's we'll, we'll run through some of the highlights uh, kind of chronologically through 2023. And I want to start um, we'll kind of come full circle here because I'd like to start with the uh, uh, conference and trade show in Orlando uh, about this time last year, uh, early February. And that really set the tone, uh, I think, for what was to come for the year from the association and, and, and its memberships. Um, after a couple of, of tough years, thanks to the pandemic, we went to a virtual event in 2021, returned in person 
in 2022 in San Diego. But last year, our attendance rebounded uh, 11,700. We had 6,300 seminar seats sold, which was 70% more than in 2022 and the highest number since 2008. The trade show had 250,000 square feet with 450 exhibitors total. So just some numbers so you don't have to mention all those. But um, after everything we went through in 2021 and 2022, how gratifying was it for, for you to see the event come back the way it was, both from an artistic standpoint, from a financial standpoint, and, and not just from a, from the association's uh, viewpoint, but also from the membership and the attendees and the companies that exhibited there. That had to, uh, I know it made me feel good as a staff member here. Uh, it, I, I imagine it had the same effect on you. Oh, absolutely. And um, I appreciate you sharing all those numbers. Um, because it, it really was, it was, it was a terrific show and, and really to your point of, you know, it was, while we've done a lot of base hits, I, th I think that was a, you know, definitely a triple or, or a home run to get us, to get us going. And, you know, COVID Scott, as, as we all know, is such an unknown in 2021, you know, everybody's kind of figuring out what this thing really means. And then, you know, it kind of carried into 22 and, 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 you know, there was still some apprehension, uh, about what is going to happen with, you know, public gatherings and in particular, large gatherings like right. ours, we have over 11,000 people for a conference, a trade show and, and, and what's going to become of these events. And, you know, I've been in this business a long time and, and, um, I, I was hopeful that, you know, kind of the human spirit would prevail. And fortunately it, it did. Um, I, I think that this need for human interaction and to be, to fill a part of something that's bigger than you um, uh, really in, in many ways is even stronger now post COVID than it was pre COVID. Um, we, you know, we were apart for so long and we missed certain things that we realized, wow, you know what? Um, we do need to be together. We, we do need that community. And, you know, I love, you know, the quote by John Morley, our, our, our founder, you know, no life is or can be self-existent. We depend upon each other. And I think, we saw that in Orlando. We saw the the fact that this is this is needed, and so um, we're going to see. And, and fortunately, uh, we're already seeing that transpire in Phoenix. Uh, you know, you look you look at the numbers and where we're at the tournament. I'm sure we'll talk about here in a minute. But you know, it sold out the national championship and the four ball and the classic and the scrambles about there and seminar seats are 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 up and and people are anxious to to learn and be a part of these interactive tours so um to your point and to your question um you know it is really gratifying uh to know that you know we're a part of that and and that's core to our mission is to improve communities and the show uh is really that opportunity to bring that community together and so um we're uh, we're excited about it and and certainly grateful that the human spirit prevailed We'll touch on this. You're exactly right. It seems like uh, as we head into Phoenix, which, as we mentioned, we will talk about in a little bit, uh, building on the momentum that was that was created by by a, a great event uh, in Orlando, in a new city, and one that's very familiar to you. And I won't uh, spoil the surprise, but you have a close ties to that part of the world. So um, the next thing for, from 2023's perspective that I wanted to touch on, uh, and it's not unique to 2023. We've been we've been doing it for a number of years, um, and it really started with one of our 
uh, chapters out there, the Carolinas, um, is Rounds for Research. Uh, right. That took place in, in in April, launched in 2012. Um, over the course of the program, since GCSA has administered it, has raised $2.5 million to support turfgrass research, education, and advocacy. The majority of those funds do go back to the chapter um, that, that support the event um, to support local projects in their neck of the woods. Um, last year, we had 1,500 rounds of golf, 43 states, a couple international ones in Bermuda and Costa Rica. Um, but... It, I've always viewed uh, Rounds for Research as kind of a great example of a partnership between a strong regional group and the national in GCSA. As I mentioned, the Carolinas chapter began that program. They brought it to GCSA to scale it up on a national level. Um, so obviously a great program. To you, what is it? what does the program's continued success say about the association and its members? Is there a, is there a message um, that you hope it sends to the rank and file golfer? outside of our industry who bid on these rounds just to show, hey, this is this is how much the association and golf course superintendents care about the game and care about moving it forward into the future. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, to take the first part of that question, what does the program's success say about the association and its, and its members? Um, I think that's uh, the simple answer is that they care. Um, that's the bottom line. You know, th this program isn't going to, you know, expedite their career or take them personally to another level. Um, this is the fact that they understand um, the importance of, of giving back and contributing to the whole. Um, they know that, you know, if they can be a, a small part of that by donating a round and, and getting golfers to bid on that round, and then that money going back to the chapter local level to fund research and other things that make golf better um, as a whole, that's, that, that just shows, you know, the character and, and, and shows um, really the value of, of our GCSA members and, and, and that they do care. Yeah. Your second, second part of that question, you know, about the rank and file golfer and, and, you know, what, what message does this send to them? Um, unfortunately, I've been around rank and file golfers um, a long time and that's, <laughs> um, I'm probably definitely a rank and file golfer uh, if you look at my handicap, but um, you know, unfortunately, and we see it all the time, right? Every, every, every day there's, there's a golfer out there that you just wish they had a better understanding of what our members go through and, and, and all that goes into creating, you know, their great playing surfaces that they, they take for granted. And while I would hope that, you know, through this program, they get a better understanding of, of the fact that that just doesn't happen magically, um, that there's a lot of science, there's a lot of uh, of hard work and art that goes into creating those playing surfaces and certainly research and science that the Rounds for Research program helps fund. So hopefully we're starting to connect the dots a little bit there. I, I still think there's a lot of golfers that are just still looking for that great round of golf, which is fine because, uh, you know, it, that's another benefit of this program. They get to play, you know, some places they typically wouldn't wouldn't play. So um, to your point of the numbers, um, I, I think it's tremendous. And, you know, certainly the credit to the Carolinas for getting this established and then credit to the team for taking it to another level. And and hopefully we're, we're making a difference uh, to some degree, you know, at a local level and, and now, you know, at a national level with what we've been able to fund. And we'll be carrying that on again here in 2024, not too very long. It'll be up and coming. So keep your, for listeners uh, to this podcast or viewers, if you're watching on uh, uh, 
YouTube or GCSA TV. Keep an eye open for that. You spoke of the the involvement of members and their dedication uh, to the industry, to the game. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about National Golf Day. That took place in early May. It was the first kind of return in person um, after several years off uh, because of the pandemic. Um, the event did take place virtually uh, in those intervening years. But we're back in D.C. in early May. It's, a, it's an event um, that allows the industry to kind of showcase the economic, charitable, environmental health benefits of the game of golf to, to legislators and regulators. GCSA has had a leading role in, in that. And, and if you look at the uh, just the, the roster of, of people from the industry taking part, the large percentage of them will be affiliated with GCSA, whether they are staff, um, working superintendents. Um, uh, most of them have ties to the golf course management industry. Um, Nice to be back in DC. I was uh, happy to play a part in that event, a uh, small part myself. Why? Why do you? Why is it such an important event, both for the game and and for the association, and um, just kind of to showcase how much making sure the game is healthy um, matters to to our members and others within the industry. Yeah, I've been serving for a long time on the what was originally the WAG board, and now it's the American Golf Industry Coalition. Uh, board and so this this is near and dear to my heart um national golf day and just our advocacy efforts and i've said it before i i love and appreciate the quote by uh, martin luther king you know and i'll paraphrase here but in essence he said you know our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter and golf matters and you said and, and mentioned some of those numbers but it's a 102 billion dollar industry over 2 million jobs um, including mine and including yours and, and folks that work in all aspects of, of the game from manufacturers to superintendents. And so it's important. Um, it's important that we get this right. Um, it's important that golf is seen as a, as an industry that, that does drive economies and not only drive economies, but provides needed recreation, needed green space of which we've got, you know, 2 million acres of, of green space in America that our members are maintaining. And, and the members of Congress need to hear that. Um, they need to know that, that golf is more than just Tiger Woods and, and live golf and Phil Mickelson. Um, you know, these are men and women that are making ends meet and that are working in a community that um, they may be in food and beverage. They may be shagging balls, but uh, they need that job and 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 people need uh, an outlet and golf provides that. So that message, uh, a bit of my soapbox and I'll, and I'll get off of it. But um, there were, I think, 250 soapboxes that were put down on National mm -hmm. Golf Day, to your point of congressional meetings. And those 250 meetings uh, are making a difference. And not all the time, you know, do we get what we what we want, but we've made progress this year when we're on Capitol Hill, we, I think, made made good inroads um, on getting hopefully some federal funding for turf grass research, which is important to sustainability. You know, the whole labor issue with H2B visas, um, we're successful in getting a few more of those still have, you know, a few more base hits to, to make in that that realm. Yeah. You know, another big one was the fact that we, after many years of standing on the soapbox, were able to get a bill uh, introduced, a bipartisan, a Democrat and a Republican um, uh, introduced this to 
to modernize the U.S. tax code, which we've been fighting for for a long time, where it disparages golf. It put us in a category where we're unable to receive, you know, disaster relief, economic stimulus, and we simply weren't and still are not being treated as fairly as other uh, entertainment industries or the restaurant industry, the hotel industry. And we deserve to be put in those categories. And uh, when disaster strikes and economic stimulus is needed um, for golf and, and the facility, uh, we should be able to receive that just like other businesses. So um, a lot of good things transpire there. And again, uh, I'll encourage our listeners, if they're not participating in National Golf Day, there's still opportunities to do it at your local level. Really, all politics is local. So, you know, showing up at those council meetings, showing up, you know, at uh, at the different um, opportunities when you're a member of Congress is at, in, in, at your home state or your home district, do it. Um, we need this voice to be loud for all the reasons I just mentioned. It's a great event. It's really eye-opening. And, and I can talk personally from that, having been able uh, – really my first exposure to that level of advocacy, the times I've been able to go. But I, uh, a number of superintendents I've talked to who, who've taken the leap and, and attended um, either the national one or even the, the, a lot of the state golf days that, that take place around the country and uh, just the impact it has. So yeah, I can't recommend it enough. So a couple more things I want to touch on with 2023 before we take a quick break. Um, uh, and the first of those uh, builds a little bit off of uh, rounds for research. There's a, a bit of a parallel there. And that's the first green program. I say there's a parallel because that was another program that began regionally that GCSAA uh, was brought on to kind of help scale up nationally. Uh, 2023 was a big year. There were first green events at the Farmers Insurance Classic at Torrey Pines during the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach. There was an event that you and I both just kind of popped in on just a few weeks back at, at the new Pinehurst Number 10 course. Thanks to our friends at the USGA Green Section uh, for that. So a lot of great momentum there. The program expanded internationally uh, with partnerships in both the UK with our, our friends at Biga and in Australia as, as well. So a lot of forward momentum to that to that program. Did you, and, you, and I'm assuming I know your answer to this, did you envision this program kind of continuing to grow and the success levels continuing to be achieved uh, when we when we kind of took this thing national? Was this in your vision for the First Green program? Yeah, I'd be curious to see how you think I would answer this, but uh, I'll go ahead and do it and see if we were on the same wavelength. And, and the answer is yes. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't have taken it on. Um, you know, the vision uh, at the time, and it still remains, that I think and, and we think um, that this program can have impact uh, on, on young people in, in particular, but it can really impact the industry in a positive way. And so if you think about, and, and, and in our vision, it really is, uh, if every school district in America had the opportunity um, to take part in a first green field trip, just think of, of what that would do um, and the impact that would have. Uh, thus, Far, you know, as we ended 2023, we reached a, a milestone. Over 11,000 students have uh, participated, which is is remarkable. But we want to continue to double that and triple that, and and continue to grow it with our vision and and certainly with our members buying into this and and seeing the benefits of it. Not only is it an opportunity for for young people, which is first and foremost the goal to get them outside the four walls of their classroom and to get them in an environment that that really is conducive to learning, where they get a touch and feel and and be a part of of nature and and all that golf offer offers in in, in terms of STEM 
education, science, technology, engineering, and math. But what we're finding and and really some, some uh, I think, key benefits of this program are the fact that the teachers who, you know, may or may not be golfers, and then the parents who in this, in, in many cases are not golfers, um, are now their eyes are wide open and they're going, wow, I had no idea that um, this golf course really was or is, uh, you know, an environmental sanctuary, that it, it, it's got things that, that the superintendents are doing that are important to their community, whether it's retaining, you know, retention pond water and, and filtering runoff from the neighbor, you know, the neighborhoods, et cetera, et cetera. And, and all of a sudden, light bulbs are going off with this group, and this has really become an advocacy, uh, an outreach effort, as well as it has uh, an educational effort with with the students. And then um, uh, to, to 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 add to that, we're getting media now showing up, local news coverage at these events where, you know, they're now uh, buying into and and being a part of the event and and really expanding that reach and that voice to an audience that needs to hear it and they need to see what our members do day in and day out. Um, they're highly educated. Um, they're doing things that uh, are tremendous for not only golf, but, but for the community. And so, um, yeah, the vision is there and uh, let's keep it going. Uh, let's keep getting those base hits. And, and, uh, and as you said, let's, let's, let's string some things together and keep getting people uh, on home plate. I assume that you would have said yes as that to Good. where this program could go. Um, I felt felt the same way as someone who's been able to kind of report on and, and actually kind of participate in a handful of these. Um, you, you can see from just going to one event, the prospects and the potential uh, that the program has. And you made a great point about the parents. That was that was the first one that I attended was in Maryland. Um, with one of our great members out there, Ryan Kraushofer, who's been a really advocate of this program from the get-go. Um, one of the things that st stood out to me were the parents that were along as uh, basically chaperones for the event with with these school children and how how impactful the, the day was to them um, in addition to the kids that took part. And, um, boy, I walked away from that first one feeling the same way you did. This like the sky's the limit with with this program. And I know there's uh, the, the sky's the limit in 2024 for First Green. There's some exciting things that were additions to the program, um, some uh, improvements that are going to be made uh, that we'll be announcing very soon here. So a little sneak peek for folks. Um, keep your eyes and ears uh, peeled, especially if you're going to be in a um, in uh, Phoenix for the conference and trade show, um, keep your eyes peeled for all that. There's actually a uh, interactive facility tour where we'll be putting on a first green event. So people who are looking for more information to see how maybe they could do it at their golf course, jump in and take part in that. And you'll get to see an actual first green event in, in, in practice uh, on a golf course in the, in the Valley of the sun. Um, can't, can't speak highly enough of first green. Um, Similarly, I can't speak highly enough of the person who oversees First Green for us. That's my fellow staff member, your fellow staff member, Leanne Cooper. We uh, you added a little bit to her plate um, in uh, 2023 uh, for good reason, though, um, uh, with the creation um, of a uh, workforce opportunity initiative that GCSA is behind. Leanne is overseeing that in addition um, to the First Green. Um, and obviously, labor is a huge challenge. 
uh, for superintendents in all corners of the country. And this is just another example of GCSA dedicating resources to helping members with that challenge. Uh, why, uh, why formalize this now in 2023? And what do you see as kind of the end game uh, for these newest uh, efforts of the association? You know, you said it, said it well, you know, labor is such a, a big challenge right now. It remains our number one challenge, you know, when our members uh, fill out their surveys and as we're talking with them um, and it's not going away um, anytime soon. And so, uh, you know, we've been nibbling around the edges and doing a few things and kind of having some of the staff take on this and that. And and so to your point, it was, it was probably overdue um, in terms of really orchestrating that and, and getting, as you said, a, a seasoned veteran in Leanne who had great experience working with the chapters and and had great experience, you know, getting the first green going and and some other programs that um, we think are are helpful in the label labor uh, arena, such as working with the FFA, et cetera. And so, we really just um, needed to be more focused, and and now we are um, to where you know it's it's its own department, and and we've got some some help. Uh, with well, some help uh, for Leanne. Um, but when you take everything that we kind of have in that space from first green to the FFA, and we've got things going on that we've talked about with the Warrior Alliance, uh, dealing with uh, you know, veterans that are coming off of their active tour of duty. Um, we have uh, again, and we'll probably talk about it in a little bit, these uh, you know, the Women's Leadership Academy. We have you know, these initiatives that are all kind of sitting out there and we need to be more proactive in, in getting the, the lines in the water, so to speak, and, and, and really fishing uh, where the fish are. And it's not the traditional path anymore. Certainly, you know, folks coming out of two-year and four-year degree programs in the university is important and we need to keep, you know, that line in the water, but um, we've got to be fishing in, in these other, other ponds. Um, there's another one pond called JAG, which is Jobs for American Graduates. And these are high school students that are looking for a career. And we need to be, you know, at the table, um, you know, introducing them to opportunities in, in our space. And so super excited um, to have Leanne heading that up and, and really taking it to another level, it needed to happen and, and it couldn't have happened um, at a better time. Well, you've mentioned the Women's Leadership Academy. That's the last uh, highlight of 2023 that I, I wanted to, to touch on. And it was a, it was a pretty impactful event if, uh, both, from both the, the formal responses we've gotten and then some of the more uh, in, informal uh, responses of folks that I've, they've, I've chatted with that took part. That was uh, in early November. We announced the program uh, in July uh, the actual event here at headquarters in Lawrence uh, took place on uh, November 7th through the 9th. For those who don't know, I'll just read very briefly the, the descriptor that we put out there for the event. The, the Women's Leadership Academy uh, was designed as an education, mentoring, and networking event that will enable participants to unleash their potential, empower their future, and become inspirational leaders on scales both small and large. That's um, some pretty good uh, uh, corporate speak there, but it's absolutely the truth if you ask the 40 turf press uh, professionals who took part in, in the event. What were your hopes for the event uh, heading into it, and how were those met and or exceeded once once we were done with a couple of days here in Lawrence? I, I love that word impactful, Scott, because I, I think that's really how I would summarize that. It, it was impactful on, on many fronts. Certainly, I think those that attended were impacted in a positive way 
you know, based on their remarks and feedback, but, you know, it, it was impactful for our staff um, as well and impactful for the industry. I, I think, um, you know, this community, um, the, the bar was so low, meaning, you know, it, they've been, um, or we, GCSAA in particular, in, in this case, you know, we've been talking uh, a, a lot about what we needed to do. And I think a lot of organizations do a lot of talk. And finally, when we put this thing into practice and 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 actually, you know, got up there to the plate, um, in in this case, we we, we hit a I, I think a good, uh, I'd call it a, a triple. I mean, there's still things that we can probably do better, but um, this thing was a was just um, a great up 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 to bat. And um, you know, we're just getting started. Uh, I think that. Um, Again, the bar was low. Uh, that group needed to be heard, and 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 maybe you know that we finally listened and we finally did something that, you know, it just exceeded everyone's expectations. But uh, we're looking forward to really taking this thing to the even the next level. Yeah, continuing continuing in twenty twenty four. Obviously, they, there's uh, been for several years uh, there have been uh, women in turf events. Uh, at uh, the conference and trade show that will continue in Phoenix. So nothing but good things going forward. So that's enough uh, enough time. And number and, and I do I didn't mean to mention. I appreciate you carrying the baseball uh, analogy through the the entire conversation. So it's kind of resonating with me. But we're done with 2023 over here. We're going to look this way to 2024. But first, we have to pay some bills. So we will take a break and be right back with more with Rhett Evans. We'll get back to this episode in a minute, but now a word from Enview, a gold-level GCSAA partner committed to working with golf course superintendents to accomplish great things on the course every day. A new year is upon us, which means it's time to start planning for the year to come. And with the portfolio of products from Enview, you can begin the new year the right way. Having strong plant and root health is important because we all want that great turf come spring. That's why Enview is there to help you create a solid foundation for a great 2024. With StressGuard brand fungicides, you'll get a range of solutions for the many challenging situations you find on the course. And by using Resilia Root Health Solution, you can protect your roots from underground threats and maintain strong, healthy greens. The Enview team has all the details on how StressGuard brand fungicides and Resilia Root Health Solutions go beyond disease control to enhance your turf and allow it to reach its full potential. Another great way to start the year right is to begin preparing for leaf spot, which can be prevalent on slow-growing Bermuda grass during the winter. It can be an aggressive disease in warm season turf unless you take the necessary steps to prevent it. By avoiding stressful conditions and starting fungicide applications with products such as Interface Stress Guard Fungicide or Exteris Stress Guard Fungicide, you'll be ready come spring. Finally, don't forget that the 2024 GCSAA Conference and Trade Show is right around the corner. You'll want to visit booth 1150 on January 31st and February 1st to explore the entire Enview portfolio, learn about new solutions launching this year, talk to experts about your toughest challenges, and learn how to master the unpredictable on your course. Contact your Enview representative or go to us.enview.com golf to learn more about agronomic solutions that can help you protect your turf from harmful diseases and keep it healthy when it matters most. Always read and follow label instructions and remember that not all products are registered in all states. Once again, our thanks to everyone at Enview for their support of the GCSAA podcast. And now let's get back to this episode. 
All right, back to this episode with uh, the chief executive officer of GCSA, Red Evans. Uh, we just finished kind of a look back at the year that was in 2023. We want to look look ahead a little bit and primarily look ahead to a, a little event that we're having down in Phoenix, Arizona in, in, a, in a few weeks. That is the um, annual GCSA Conference and Trade Show, January 29th through February 1st. I promised earlier that I would uh, put on a sales pitch here. For anyone who's listening who hasn't had a chance to register yet, there is still time. Head on over to gcsaconference.com. All the information about all the events will be there. Information about registering. We have travel and lodging information there. Uh, you can also follow GCSA Conference on X or Twitter, whatever you prefer to call it. Uh, and then just search the GCSA Conference and Trade Show on Facebook uh, to get more information on that. So heading to a familiar spot for you, Rhett. Um, you you spent a, a little bit of old stomping grounds there uh, in in the Phoenix area. Um, how long were you there? What did what 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 did you do in that uh, area when you were uh, living there? And how excited are you to be bringing GCSA's big event to the desert? Yeah, I, I obviously I, I consider Arizona home. I, I grew up in Prescott, Arizona, which is about 90 miles uh, north of Phoenix. Uh, so I spent uh, a lot of a lot of years in, in Arizona and, you know, Prescott in particular is still the home where my parents live. And I've got, um, you know, three sisters that, that live in Arizona and a brother uh, in Arizona. So it's where pretty much all my family uh, still is. My uh, grandfather had a cattle ranch there in Arizona. So our, our, our roots run, run deep and um, Prescott is just a, I'll put a plug in for, for Prescott. We're certainly going to be down in Phoenix for the show, as you mentioned, and I'm excited about that. You get to see the desert and all that it has to offer, but there's some, some great opportunities to get to Sedona and get to Prescott, um, you know, Flagstaff and kind of Northern Arizona, you know, it's it's out of the out of the desert into the ponderosa pines and and the uh, the granite boulders, and so it's just a, yeah. a really unique unique place to be. And so maybe uh, after you finish the show and you're looking for something to do, uh, head to Sedona or Prescott, and I can help you out with some good hikes and and good things to see. Uh, our claim to fame, Scott, in in Prescott is that uh, we have the world's oldest rodeo that started, I think, in 1888 uh, continuous uh, rodeo that is still going on on today. It was uh, the original home or a resident was Doc Holliday and Virgil uh, Earp uh, lived there. Wow. So that's, uh, you know, that's a little history, a little trivia for you about Prescott, Arizona. Nice. Well, I, I imagine there's a lot of attendees, exhibitors, even staff members. Uh, I know one of my own staff is going to be spending a few extra days to get some some hiking in um, after, after we're, we're wrapped up uh, in Phoenix. I imagine he's not going to be alone. Um, first time in, in a very long time that GCSA has brought its um, annual event uh, to Phoenix. So that's created a, a big level of excitement, not just among attendees and exhibitors, but obviously uh, among staff and as well. And, and from a staff perspective, I mean, there's been a lot of focus on, you know, building on the successes that we enjoyed uh, in Orlando. So um, I'll give you a little bit of a chance to kind of to kind of brag about the event. How have, how have we gone about, you know, trying to do that? And what do you think is going to make kind of this trip to Phoenix uh, unique for showgoers? No, I, I think Scott and I, I will brag on, on the team because, you know, they don't take anything for granted. And while Orlando, we've talked about it, it was successful um, and we felt good about it. 
uh, when we got back, um, we started building this show from the ground up. Um, you know, we, we look at every single event and even though we've done it over and over again, we don't take it for granted. Um, we want to continually improve and, and not be satisfied with the status quo. So I think you're going to see that in Phoenix. Um, I think, um, you know, we learned a lot about the interactive facility tours, um, in Orlando. And, and I think we've, uh, trued some true, true, true those up, um, and, and got the right topics out there and the right venues and the right superintendents, you know, to host those. So again, just taking it up a notch. Um, you know, we, we obviously pride ourselves in, in the content. Um, you know, I think, uh, there's a lots of shows out there that are, that are boondoggles and, and people just go to, to go, but, you know, this one still has a, a serious component to it. Um, people are going there to learn. Uh, they're going there to to take away some things that 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 can help them in their career and their facility. And I, I think the team's done a great job creating uh, what we're calling solution centers or topics or series. You know, to where literally you can you know get some good insight on labor, or water, or technology, and kind of follow this track throughout the show. And really get on the other side of the show with some some takeaways that that I think will be beneficial. So, uh, the team's done a great job. Um, I think Phoenix is going to be unique from the standpoint of it's a new look and feel, and and I think people enjoy that. Um, you know, if my math is right, it was what 1987 uh, when we were there. So, what is that? Thirty plus year? Well, almost 37 yeah. years. Um, that's yeah. a long time. And, and so it's changed a lot. Um, I think people will be excited about the downtown and the venue. So uh, I, I just can't say enough about Phoenix. It, it's going to be fun. Yeah. It, it, it's been great. And and as you, as you mentioned, the the momentum seemingly has carried over somewhat from Orlando. I know we, we're not going to count our eggs before they hatch, um, but the, the, the metrics that the association tracks in terms of uh, attendance, in terms of trade show space, hotel nights, seminar seats, all trending exactly uh, in, a, in a really positive direction for, uh, for a great event. And uh, a few specific things that I, that I want to touch on that, that, uh, from, from Phoenix. And one of those I'll start with is the uh, GCSA golf championships. Um, numbers there are very, very positive. The event is almost sold out. Um, if you're really itching to swing the clubs down there and you haven't done so already, you're going to want to do it the minute you hear my voice tell you to do it. But uh, get over there to gcsaconference.com, look for the tournament link, and you'll you'll get all the information you need. A lot of good stuff going on there. Talking Stick Resort is going to be the host hotel for that event. One thing in particular that I wanted to mention was, uh, was our corporate partner in that event. That's the Toro Company. This is the 30th consecutive year that Toro has uh, played a role in supporting um, this event. Um, as far as I know, the longest running corporate partnership maybe that we have uh, as an association. What has that partnership allowed the association to do uh, in terms of this event, the quality of the event, and making it such a must-attend must event for so many of our members? I love what you said there at the end, Scott, a must-attend event. I, I think a lot of people you know, see the golf as, well, you know, do I really need to do that? And, you know, those that have participated in this and, and in the case of, of Toro, they participated for 30 years. Um, they think it's that important, you know, to bring people together in a setting where you get to do some networking, you get to meet people that uh, you wouldn't otherwise uh, get to know. And, and it's just a, it's a conduit um, for creating those, those relationships that, that in many cases have been lifelong 
for some folks. And, and um, so, you know, I think we've got some great venues in, in Talking Stick and Whirlwind and Camelback. And so five great golf courses, five great, you know, superintendents that are hosting that. And uh, as you said, um, I think we've got, you know, five or maybe it's seven slots left um, for the scramble. And then this thing is, is done. It's, it's completely sold out. Um, so it's, it's going to be excellent. And, and to have Toro and, and all of our sponsors for this show, it's just so vital. Um, you know, our member dues is really only 26% of, of our overall budget. And so for us to produce the programs and services that support our members, um, we need partners like Toro. Um, you know, they are, are significant um, to the success of our business. So uh, I too want to add my appreciation to Toro and, and all of our sponsors uh, for helping us get this event off the ground. At the risk of forgetting someone, I'd love to mention all of the corporate sponsors that we have for this event um, and, and that support everything we do as the editor of, of the magazine, which, as most readers will know, has advertising. I'm super grateful for the support that we get. But a lot of those same partners support the show, support education, support various events uh, through the years. You'll be able to recognize a lot of those if you're there on site through a lot of the uh, reporting and coverage that we will do uh, through GCM and, and its digital properties. You'll get uh, a sense of the people that are supporting uh, the people that support us. And we, we're, we're super grateful for that. So I did, I wanted to kind of amplify uh, that a little bit. Um, I want to transition a little bit to the education. Always been a key component of what we do at Conference and Trade Show. There are going to be 70 different opportunities for attendees to learn uh, both in the classroom and in the field. Um, we've got a host of um, interactive facility tours that we've referenced a few times that cover top every topics from tournament prep to equipment management, water, agronomy, the first green program, uh, course renovation and new technology. And those are gonna be at all, as I hit my microphone there, hope that everyone can uh, enjoy that. Um, at courses all over the, all over the valley um, we'll be at. Um, last year was kind of the first time we had this enhanced program of facility tours. Wasn't the first time we had done field trips that had been a part of previous shows as well, but really stepped up um, stepped up our efforts in that area. What do you hear from members uh, as it comes to the increased number of interactive and hands-on opportunities that we're presenting to them when they do come to the conference and trade show? I think Scott, it goes back to where we first started this conversation, right? Um, you know, as human beings, we want to be interactive. We want to be a part of something. We want to touch and feel things. And, and so I think we, you know, have now figured out that, you know, kind of going back and taking a page out of, out of an earlier book and, and, you know, getting folks out on the golf course, getting them into a shop, getting them, you know, in an interactive setting where they can see the effects of, of that equipment. They can see and talk with the superintendent firsthand that is in, employing certain techniques or doing certain things, as you mentioned, whether it's tournament prep, et cetera. Um, and so I think we've got some great venues in Phoenix um, for that, you know, that literally are going under a renovation over there at, at the Biltmore and, and, you know, literally the Phoenix Waste Management Open, a pretty big tournament is going to be being played the fall week. And so you're going to get to see that set up and, and be a part of that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's exactly that. They're interactive. They're hands on. Uh, that's what's exciting about them. And um, I, I think uh, there's a few of them that are already sold out. So. Uh, the, uh, the listeners probably got to jump on, jump on those. Those are on the website um, and I'd get signed up as soon as possible and don't miss out. 
Yeah, those will, they'll be great events. Uh, as you mentioned, TPC Scottsdale, which the week prior to our uh, visit to Phoenix, will make room for the PGA Tour. Let let them come into town and steal some of the golf spotlight. It's the Waste Management's the week after us. That's the tournament prep one. Uh, Phoenix Country Club hosts equipment management. Uh, Paradise Valley Country Club will host the water uh interactive facility tour uh desert highlands has agronomy and turf management uh cottonwood country club uh at sun lakes we'll do first green and then as you mentioned Biltmore with renovation and then camelback with technology i wanted to give a shout out to those uh, horses and superintendents who are working with us to uh to bring those facility tours um one one thing that'll uh, i that all attendees and exhibitors are going to notice right away is the unique outdoor space that the Phoenix Convention Center offers us in what they call the Canyon on 3rd. And we are not going to be shy about using the Canyon on 3rd for the entire week uh, of show for various uh, events. Uh, the welcome reception is going to be there on Monday uh, evening. There will be a trade show grand opening event that will start in that space and then feed into the uh, convention center in the exhibit space. That'll be Wednesday, uh, the 31st of January. And then obviously we can talk a little bit more about golf sustainability showcase, uh, which will be in that space. But um, how unique is it? That, I mean, we, we have not all, we've not always had at our disposal the ability to do an outdoor event and we are uh, taking full advantage of that. Um, what opportunities has that presented and how excited are you to be able to kind of take some of what we do out of the convention center and into the great outdoors? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm feeling the pressure um, like our superintendents do regarding the weather, right? I, I've said we're going to have great weather down there and and uh, and we are. Um, it's going to be it's going to be terrific, and we're going to take advantage of that. Scott, your point. So what we've done, if you're unfamiliar with uh, Arizona and the convention center, it's it's literally you know on both sides of the street, and the street runs right through the middle of the convention center, and underneath the road is the exhibit space. And so we just said, you know what? Let's just rent the whole street out and close it down um, for the week. And so we've done that. And so now from end to end, literally the campus. Uh, becomes ours and uh, we can throw some giant street parties. We're going to have uh, product placements. We're going to have, uh, as you mentioned, other opportunities, the golf sustainability showcase, our great partners, the builders, the architects, the USGA and GCSA have come together and I think are created, you know, a tremendous uh, talking point and education opportunity for our members to see, you know, a tee box with hydroponic uh, irrigation and drip irrigation and, and green complexes that, you know, just have new technologies and in, in, in moisture reading and, and all kinds of cool stuff that that's going to go on there. So uh, it's going to be uh, uh, to your point, uh, just active the entire week. Uh, the trade show grand opening is going to take place out there. And I'll, I'll tease it a little bit too, because you mentioned it on the first green, you won't want to miss that Wednesday morning when we kick off the trade show, that's where that announcement will be made uh, out there on the street on Canyon on third. So a lot of big things and cool things going to are going to be happening uh, out on uh, on Canyon on third. Speaking to the golf sustainability showcase, and I was going to bring this up and I'm glad you mentioned that our uh, the partners that we have in putting on this in the show, the Golf Course Builders Association, the American Society of Golf Course Architects, uh, the USGA uh, Green Section, uh, great partners. They're working with us on that space. Um, and so it'll be a great demonstration space. We're hoping to have a lot of media there 
to kind of take get an inside look at what the game of golf is doing to be good stewards uh, of the land that they that they compete on. Um, there'll be a lot of neat demonstrations. There'll be a lot of neat exhibits. Um, there was kind of a sneak peek of it last year. If you were in Orlando and you saw the uh, uh, the interactive grass stage inside uh, the Orla uh, Orange County Convention Center, this will be a kind of a ramped up version of that, but it'll actually be outside. And I know there's a lot of excitement, but um, I just maybe a quick opportunity for you to talk about the partners who and who kind of unified these groups have all come together unified around this effort know it's in our collective best interest to put on a, a great show and and um everyone's really kind of paddling in the same direction when it when it comes to the event no it's tremendous and you know we're so again just honored to be able to have the partners that we do and you know they take this seriously, as you've mentioned, the builders, architects and, and USGA and our team. And, you know, they're working together that they know that this is how it is out there in the field. You know, whether you're doing a renovation or you're doing a new build, um, you know, working with the USGA and their agronomists, et cetera. This really showcases those partnerships. And, and we look forward to using this golf sustainability showcase to do just that. Well, it's going to it's going to be a great event. Again, another shameless plug, GCSAconference.com. Um, this, when this podcast goes live, you'll still have a few weeks to, uh, to get yourself registered and get yourself to Phoenix for the event. So don't hesitate to, uh, go there for all the information on the schedule, the education, uh, the exhibits, uh, that'll be taking place on the trade show floor. You can get travel information there as well. Again, it's gcsaconference.com. Um, Red, I, I appreciate your time. Um, I know you're busy. Uh, we're all busy especially uh, coming off of the holidays. And uh, as we record this, it is just, we're just into the new year, January 4th. And so things are really ramping up as we get ready to head to Phoenix. Uh, I'd be remiss though, if I didn't let, if I didn't ask you about a kind of a personal milestone that, that I'm hope you're hoping to achieve here uh, in, in 2024, I was fortunate enough to go to the Green Start Academy this year where you gave an awesome presentation. And I've seen versions of your presentations before uh, where you've, where you've kind of built on your love of mountaineering and mountain climbing um, to, to make broader points. Um, that one referred to your uh, attempts to, uh, to summit Denali in Alaska, but you've got a kind of a, a bigger fish to fry, a literal bigger fish to fry uh, coming up this year as you try to climb Everest. So just kind of give us the lowdown. What What is it about mountain climbing that, that you so enjoy? Uh, enjoy might be too strong of a word um, uh, considering what you go through, but, um, and when are you attempting Everest? How is this all going to, how it's all going to play out? I think we got to change the analogy, not from baseball to, to mountaineering now. And That's right. Yeah. We'll start talking more my language because it, it really is. It's near and dear to my heart and finally got Denali knocked down. And so, uh, you know, I've been, as I mentioned, you know, growing up in Prescott, I've been climbing forever and this has been a lifelong uh, dream of mine. It's not something that I just woke up one day and said, I want to climb Mount Everest. I've been working on this for, uh, you know, it's a lifelong project really. And finally come to fruition. And so in April and May, we'll be uh, taking our team up and uh, climbing on the Nepal side, uh, which is the kind of the Southeast uh, Ridge line of, of Everest. Uh, it's the one that Tengzing, uh, Norgay and, uh, and Hillary, Edmund Hillary, uh, you know, made known in the 1950s. So it's, it's kind of the, the key route and we'll be taking that line, hopefully up the mountain. And, uh, you know, to your other, you know, your other point, um, no, it's not, not a lot of fun to be quite honest. It's a lot of work, it's cold, um, and a lot of, a lot of cold nights, but, um, I, I really am. And you go back to that, 
you know, the green start and just what, again, our members go through, uh, you know, a lot of them are, are pushing out of their comfort zone. You know, they're trying to go after a new job and they're going from an assistant to a superintendent. And I'm a firm believer that there's really no growth in a comfort zone and that there's no comfort in a growth zone. And we've got to find those things in our lives that that push us, that push our limits and, and climbing big mountains does that for me. Sometimes beyond what I think my limits are and 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 I realize I'm I'm capable of more. And so I think that's important in life for all of our our members and everybody to to do so that we can continue to grow. That's really when the magic happens, where growth comes from is getting out of that comfort zone. So Anyway, um, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I'm 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 hoping I come back with all my fingers and toes. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're preparing, and and uh, all systems are are a go. Well, uh, that that's super exciting. As someone who likes to live vicariously through you on those, and who who's read all the Krakauer books and uh, on it, I have a a, a fascination with Everest that does not include me actually climbing there. So I'll have to live vicariously through you. And for listeners, we'll, we'll figure out some way to kind of keep tabs on uh, from an association standpoint, either that's in our e-communications or uh, GCM online, a way to kind of just, so people can kind of keep tabs on your progress um, because it is a, it it is a process. Uh, It's not something you pop on the mountain and climb right up. Um, You've got your acclimation days and different base camps that you'll move through to, to reach the summit. So um, best of luck in that. That's a a heck of a goal. Um, And thank you again for taking the time. We need to do this annually. I I don't know. I, I say it was your third time. Um, it probably should do it at the start of every year. Just kind of, we'll take a look back and a look ahead to the year to come and, uh, kind of nice, nice point here, just as we've gotten into the new year. So, so thanks for doing this. Um, appreciate it. And, um, we will hopefully we'll see, I know I'll see you and hopefully we'll see many of our members down in Phoenix for the, uh, the conference and show. Well, thanks for having me, Scott. And as always, uh, to our, our great GCSA members and listeners, thanks, uh, for being a part of the team and, Look forward to serving you and and uh, hopefully seeing many of you in, in Phoenix. It's Red Evans, the Chief Executive Officer, GCSAA. Thanks, Red. Well, that's a wrap on Episode 59 of the GCSAA podcast. Big thanks, as always, to Red Evans, the CEO of GCSAA, for joining us to look back on 2023 and look ahead at what's to come in 2024. And as I might have mentioned a few times during our conversation, if you're not already planning on being in Phoenix for the GCSAA Conference and Trade Show, there is still time. Head on over to GCSAConference.com for all the details about everything taking place in the Valley of the Sun. You can register to attend there, take care of all your travel and lodging needs, and just get a general 360-degree look at everything taking place in Phoenix. Again, the dates for the golf championship are January 27th through the 29th. The conference and trade show runs January 29th through February 1st, and you can find out much more by visiting gcsaconference.com. Remember that we will be recording a series of live podcasts from Phoenix, as well as welcoming several other superintendent-hosted podcasts to the GCSA podcast stage. Uh, Check your podcast feed for those episodes during the week of the event. And if you'll be joining us in Phoenix, you can stop by booth 19, which is located in the lobby of the main exhibit hall to be a part of the studio audience for some of these live recordings. We'd love to see you there. Until then, though, we'll sign off with a thank you to our podcast editor, Evan Shapiro, to everyone at Enview for their ongoing sponsorship of the podcast, 
to the GCSAA Board of Directors and all my coworkers at Association Headquarters in lovely Lawrence, Kansas. And of course, my thanks to each of you for subscribing, downloading, and listening. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll catch up again soon on the next episode of the GCSAA Podcast.